Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to an exciting episode of The Devil's Due. I am your host, Carl Duty. Court is down in session. And dear listeners, we have one hell of a show for you today. We have a very special guest with us today. He is Ron Garney. He is the artist of Daredevil, comic, the Daredevil comic books. He generously gave us some time, and wow, we're really excited to have him on the show. That being said, with me, as always, is the man who is so excited at the announcement of Lady Gaga performing with Metallica at whatever award show that this is going to happen. He's beaming right now. Mr. Drew Celestino. Yeah. Um, I'm not, <laughs> about I, I'm, that. I'm not, I'm not, uh, I'm not angry about that, to be honest with you. You know what? I didn't think you were going to be super angry about it. She's of of the pop people. Yeah. I respect her more. Yeah. She's kind of developed into... She's past the whole, like, meat suit wearing phase. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, she's kind of... She's got her own thing going, and, um, you know, I, I dig her, her out, outrageousness, and they, she seems to be a little more... Less, more, less, less vapid yeah. than, than the rest of them. So she put on a hell of a show at the the Super Bowl halftime show. It was a show. It's a show. It's what it's supposed to be. They have thirty minutes from. You're not gonna catch me yeah, dangling from the roof of a building. So good, and good on her, man. Jumping off, looking that like was, Dazzler. That was pre-recorded, but yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's pretty awesome. So yeah, um, right. I'm curious to see what they're gonna do. <laughs> Sup, man? You sound terrible. Oh. Do I sound terrible, you Drew? Do. You do. I'm do sorry. I sound terrible? Do I sound like I maybe might have caught a cold from someone? It's unclear who that could have been, but... Oh, uh yeah. Sorry, man. Bastard. Mine only lasted a couple days. You're, yeah. you're, you're pushing further. A yeah. little bit. It evolved. Well, science. Yeah. <laughs> Ain't it a bitch. <laughs> I'm sorry, man. All right, folks. We're real excited about this episode. Yeah. We got good stuff happening. But before we get to that, we got we got some ceremony to stand on. Sir, how was your week? Ah, um, it's okay. Um, I don't have a whole ton to say about it. Uh, I watched the Super Bowl like any other red-blooded American. America. Uh, it was uneventful from a Buffalo perspective. <laughs> um, Tom Brady and the Patriots can can please just go away forever and ever now. And the city of Boston can fall into the ocean, please. <laughs> I'm done. Enough. Please leave the rest of the country alone. We've had enough of you. I have different opinions, but they're not popular ones, so I will keep them to myself. Yeah, whatever. Um, but yeah, that was about it. My uh, the game. I honestly I couldn't have cared less about the game. Uh, the Patriots, I loathe and, and, dis- and despise. And like uh, the Falcons the have games ever played. Eh. I have no investment in it, really. The Falcons are a non-entity to me. They're they're a, they're a team that exists, and that's about all I think about them ever. And the Patriots are the scum of the earth. So <laughs> to me, it was an uninteresting matchup. And uh, my, I'll tell you this though: my beer game on Sunday was strong. Yeah. Oh yeah. I, I, uh, Budweiser. No, get out of here. <laughs> I broke out some uh, some some of my Indiana stash, some Three Floyd's goodness. I uh, had some uh, some Stone stuff on hand too. I had, I had a I had a strong lineup, sir. All right, and it was enjoyed. All right, say what you will about Budweiser. They 
they do good Super Bowl commercials. Their beer is terrible, but they do good. They have the money. I hope they I hope they do. Well. Yeah, I'm, but like when you think back, like you know the the horses bowing their heads after nine eleven. Now, like with the I've current got, political that, that's, climate, that's they're all making fine. their statement on it. It's they, all good. Did some decent commercials. Good on them. Make it <laughs> stop. Buy, stop buying craft breweries. <laughs> stop. Yeah. Anyway, that, moving on. <laughs> They bought the Red Car Brewery so they could dismantle it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Kind they are of, the kind Judge of. Doom of sort of? They're going to replace all the all the craft brewery beer with dip. Oh. <laughs> anyway, uh, that's that's really about it, man. How was your week? Oh, my week. You want to know about my week? It I doesn't sound you, like it was very good. <laughs> I think you can hear from my voice how my week was as I'm coming to the end of it. The cold that you had for like what? Three days. Three days, barely. This is a one of the days happened to be after we recorded. Yeah. Um, Yeah. I knew like that Wednesday, I knew I kind of got it. But you know what? I love the show. I'll sacrifice for it. Uh, Wednesday wasn't so bad. Wednesday night, it kicked in the high gear. And I stayed home from work uh, Thursday. Friday, I was feeling a little bit better, and there was a happy hour after work, so I was like, I'll go into work and then go to the happy hour. It seemed like it was going to be the same cold you had, because I felt fairly decent throughout the day Friday, and it kind of tapered off and went to the happy hour and consumed alcohol. That was the, See, there's your mistake. Saturday. When you're, when you're fighting something, you don't want to give it ammunition. Yeah, Saturday. So, <laughs> well, you know, my logic was that a lot of this is in my throat and alcohol is like... <laughs> oh, a, oh, my God. There's alcohol. Go on, doctor. <laughs> Tell me more. <laughs> I didn't say my logic was backed up by science. It just maybe half cock theories um what have we so learned yeah. uh alcohol doesn't mix well no with a cold helps you sleep but that's about it yeah so saturday kind of kicked back up again sunday wasn't great uh julie was out of town for work so i pretty much it was just me and the boy uh watching the super bowls um <laughs> he uh he wasn't having any having it the first two quarters it just the kinda, good quarters Again, we have different opinions. Yours is driven by rational hatred. Mine is driven. Oh, it's rational. It's very (laughs) rational. Um, I'm Bills fan too. I want to say, but I wouldn't say I'm a Bills fan. I'm just tired of being. Yeah, my township Um, being the laughing stock of a division in in the league because the other team just happens to be in said division. So William was William. My son was he was uh, approaching 11 months old decided that he was going to just cry throughout the first two quarters. And I finally got him to go sleep and he decided to wake up right at the beginning of overtime. <laughs> I was like, son, this never happened before in history. Can I just can I get some time? Um, but it, it all went well. All right. Um, he did manage to pseudo stand up by himself for the first time. Well, well, which was awesome. Like he basically just needed me to prevent him from falling forward or backwards, but he was just kind of figured out that he could lock his legs and stand on them. And that was, uh, that was awesome. Times they are changing. Yeah, they really are. He's He's going to be be skedaddling around soon. Jeez. My house is a death trap. So we're going to have to fix that. (laughs) Um, but yeah, that was pretty much 
that was pretty much my week. Just the cold that you gave me, and <laughs> I'm never just going to call it being sick. I'm simply going to refer to it as the cold you gave me. Well, I'm happy. My God. You like well, that? I don't want it back, so oh, just, stay on your side of the room so over there. Just, My God. Okay, give me a nice kiss after this. Uh, no. <laughs> um, so, yeah, that was my week. Cool. Listeners, dear listeners, possible new listeners, because you've seen who's on the show, and you're like, hey, I dig that guy's out. I want to hear what he has to say. If you like our show, if you want to send us some questions, if you want to send us some comments, you can find us at the following multimedia outlets. You can follow us on Twitter at Devil's Due Pod. You can go to Facebook.com slash Devil's Due Pod. You can go to, uh, you can email us at the Devil's Due Pod at gmail.com. Or you can find all of these great resources at our website, thedevilsdopodcast.com. That being said, time to get to our cross-examination section of the show. And we got some listener questions. Now, we did get some from Jay, who is, Jay, we love you and we appreciate you. This show is going to be one of our longer ones. So, Jay, we're going to hold off your questions to the next episode. Cause he we've is got, furious right now. <laughs> he can be furious. And, again, <laughs> we love him. Um, but what's he going to do? Not send us questions? We both know that's not going to happen. Don't don't poke the bear, man. <laughs> <laughs> so we're going to go to – because we got some, some new – I think we've gotten questions from one of these gentlemen before about all right, both. but it's been a while. Yes, it's been a while. All right, bring it on. So, okay, we got some questions from a gentleman by the name of Tom. Hi, Tom. Tom, we appreciate your questions. He says, hey, guys, love listening to you. And finally, I have some questions again. So, okay, Tom is repeat appearance. Drew. Yes. I saw you got some classic Super Nintendo Final Fantasy games. Ooh, that happened this week, too. I didn't bring it up. Oh, okay. okay, go on. <laughs> Which one would you say is the best one? I was thinking about purchasing one for my phone. Yes, they now have Final Fantasy for phones. Okay. What games would you like to see come back on the Switch or other systems virtual consoles? Gladiator. This is a good question. I have thoughts. Figured you would. Okay. Uh, So, yeah, this week um, I ended up getting uh, an original Final Fantasy 2 and Final Fantasy 3 SNES cart from uh, Instagram. By the way, Instagram, if you're looking for retro video games, the place to. Really? Yeah, dude. Interesting. If you know what what accounts to follow. Instagram, so. If you know what accounts to follow, people post stuff. They say, hit me up if you want it. Here's the price. If you tell them, PayPal, good to go. So you say original. Do you mean like Japanese original? No, no, no. That, that would be a Fama, Super Famicom. Okay. This, these the SNES cartridges. So and Final Fantasy 2. Japanese, so it would be hard to understand the game. A little bit. Um, Final Fantasy 2, or it was, it was later revealed to be Final Fantasy 4, and Final Fantasy 3, as it was later revealed to be Final Fantasy 6. So uh, these are two of the finest games in the SNES's library. And uh, probably two of the finest games ever made, period. But if I would have had to pick one, uh, Final Fantasy III, a.k.a. VI, is, in my opinion, uh, the absolute gem of the series. And I'm including Seven in that. Seven is a fantastic game. It was be- It's probably my second favorite Final Fantasy after Six. Seven benefits from a pop cultural... It was in the right place at the right time on the right system with the right... Uh, presentation to get noticed. And as a result, it's known 
it's Final Fantasy VII. But dollar for dollar, beat for beat, character for character, storyline, gameplay, Final Fantasy III slash VI is my jam. It is my absolute jam, my favorite Final Fantasy. So if you have access to it, get it. I will warn you. I want to steer you. I would love to steer you away from the the iOS version. They redid all the graphics, and they look god awful. Um, they're they're redrawn, like they're you know they're 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 they, nice. They did that on some of them, not all of them. Some of them are just like straight I, ports I, of the. No, I know the they six. did on six though. That's the okay. thing. Um, so if 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 you have any way to get the uh, there's a Game Boy Advance version of Final Fantasy six, I strongly recommend that one. It's a good it's a good conversion of the SNES cart. Um, or if you can just get the SNES cart, it's going to run you about forty bucks. But I mean, it's 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 the jam. It is the game. It is the Final Fantasy game. Um, those new graphics just don't mesh no, well. I get you. Um, and I'm I'm a sucker for sprite art, and that game has some of the best sprite art of its generation by by a lot. So yeah. there you go. That's my Final Fantasy take. Seven's the number, man. No. Um, Seven little squirrels sitting on a branch. <laughs> Step into my office. Anyway. Why? That we, it's a family show. Uh, games, I like to see on Virtual Console on the Switch. Well, ultimately, it just comes down to uh, licensing. So Getting GameCube games, which is going to be nice. That's going to be pretty Super cool. Mario Sunshine again. I have, this, I have it on disc. I can play it anytime. I don't want to, though, because I don't like that one. Um, I do. I don't know, man. I think they've done a pretty good job with the virtual console. They could do more, but I think uh, licensing is a problem. So, yeah. I, I, off the top of my head, I couldn't really pick one out. And I, I'd say some of the Square gems. So, like Act Razor, great game. Yep. Um, Secret of Mana, another one of my favorite Square games. These these are typically not games that come out on the virtual console. So, if Nintendo and Square could make that happen, I would be uh, mighty grateful because those cartridges go for a little more than I want to pay right now. <laughs> And I'm a sucker for OG stuff, so. So now, Tom here has a question for the both of us. Okay. Have you guys seen the art for the new DuckTales? What Disney cartoons would you like to remake? I'm assuming he means what cartoons would we like Disney to remake, Mm -hmm, not mm -hmm. remake ourselves, because I can't draw. No, nor I. Um, Mine would be Darkwing Duck. Um, I have not seen the art for the new DuckTales show, but I saw like the trailer in which they revealed who's doing the voices and whatnot. And you know what? I'm loving the Voltron reboot. So and here's hoping the DuckTales reboot goes the same way. Uh, Tom, I would agree with you. I'd also like to see Darkwing Duck or maybe Tailspin. Well, I always like Tailspin. Yeah, Tailspin was cool. <laughs> uh, I think <laughs> my, my vote, Darkwing Duck would be strong, but uh, I'm, I'm, I'm a Chippendale Rescue Rangers guy, man. That was a, that was a fun show. Yeah, I, I just, it was good. All those Disney afternoon shows—they really were quality. Good. They did. They Top did a great shelf. job. So, okay, Carl, what from your childhood do you want your son to like or dislike, just like you? Ooh. Um, I think if I'm going to be safe, if there's something that he's passionate about, I would kind of hope it's Star Wars. Careful what you wish for now. Well, I mean, let's. Take a look at the current state of the product. The current state of Star Wars is good. It is. It is the, good. The other stuff I liked as a kid, Transformers and G.I. Joe. Hmm. Yeah, not so much. No. As much as it pains us. Yeah. Like, how awful does that new Transformers movie look? Yeah. It looks so incredibly awful. Well, that's powerful the course for that franchise, but uh, unfortunately. And Anthony Hopkins. 
dude, how much money do you need, man? Because, like, have some dignity. That third boat's not paying for itself, Carl. I I know. Sometimes (laughs) you take a job just for the cash, but still. Okay, and uh, closing out for Tom here, he says, this is a comment for Jay. If you were looking for a... a (laughs) Jay, Jay's getting comments. Jay's getting a fan following. He's not even on the show. show. Uh, If you were looking for Star Wars books to read, uh, that was from the old canon, I highly recommend the X-Wing novels by Michael Stackpole, and then the ones from Aaron... Alston, and of course the Thrawn trilogy in Shadows of the Empire. There you go, Jay. There you go, Jay. Uh, Getting mail on our ad, show. Advice what, are, for, what are we, your secretaries? Ad, advice for your timely entrance into the Star Wars extended universe. <laughs> <laughs> now that it's not canon anymore, have fun. <laughs> okay. So, Tom, again, thank you for your questions. We appreciate it. Our next group of questions come from Mr. Daniel Harbin. I know Daniel. All right. Um, I'll give you your question first, then. Very good. Drew. Yes. Would you rather your comic books cease to exist, or from now on, everything must be drawn by Rob Liefeld and written by Zack Snyder? (laughs) Oh. Oh, dude. Oh. Dude. Well, what's the old adage? Like, if you you have a million monkeys typing, eventually one of them will write Shakespeare. Shakespeare. I think it's a hundred. Okay. Well, I don't like those odds. Better make make it a million. (laughs) Uh I mean, so you're saying eventually Liefeld and Snyder would produce something good with enough time and enough energy. All right. I I suppose that is a theory. It's that or no comics at all. I, 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 I See, from his question, he's saying, if comics cease to exist, does that mean everything that's come up to this date would cease to exist? Good question. Because if the answer was yes, then I'd be like, uh, I'll take what... Take what you can get. Yeah. If the answer is no, then I'll be like, all right, we're good. I got a lot to read. I got a lot got, to read. Yeah. Um, is And then Daniel goes on to ask me, Carl, what are the main differences between playing Street Fighter against uh, the game's AI or an actual person? Oh, geez. Um, that's that's a, a good question. Um, it's night and day. Um, I have no problem polishing off the computer <laughs> in Street Fighter. Um, playing Playing against a person is... It'd be like, I often equate Street Fighter to a game of chess that takes place within 99 seconds, because that's essentially what it is. Um, Each player, regardless of the character they're using, has different styles within the tools that character possesses. The way I play Ryu is going to be different between from the way someone else would play Ryu. We're both throwing the same fireball, but where we choose to use that particular tool is going to may differ based on our styles. Some players are more offensive. Other players are more defensive. A computer, you can pretty much predict what they're going to do without any problems. Um, granted, there have been some agonizingly difficult uh, boss fights in fighting games that I've played before. Gil and Street Fighter Three comes to mind, the original version of Street Fighter III. Uh, Magneto in X-Men Children of the Atom, the like first X-Men fighting game. Still to this day, I've never beaten that. Um, but yeah, it's, it's just, it, it's night and day. So yeah, that's a great question. All right. We appreciate the questions. Yes. So I'm, this is your call, sir. Do you want to give, do you want to do Jay or? 
let's make him wait. All right. Let's put him on the bench for a little while. Okay. Jay, we're going to bench you only for purposes of time. We love you. And, yeah, donate us. He he can hate me later, but he'll forgive me. (laughs) All right. Let us move on. That closes the cross-examination on the show. Now we're going to move on to the case files. And as Drew and I have both mentioned this past week was the Super Bowl. And with the Super Bowl comes commercials. And with those commercials typically come trailers. Now, most of what was trailers that were shown during Super Bowl are things we've already discussed before, so we're not going to go over the old stuff. They can both agree Guardians were in. Oh, yeah. Everything else, nah. Um, I'm I'm in for Pirates, but you know those are fun popcorn rides. I don't expect anything more from those, and that's what they give me. Um, but we got a fantastic trailer for the second season of a show we've talked about a lot on this show. Yeah. Stranger Things 2. Bring it, dude. I'm Dude, so ready. It is so Ghostbusters. And, yeah. And, and gigantic monster off in the distance. Um, Would you say it? You know what that reminded me of? Like it reminded me of uh, The Mist. Did you ever see The Mist? No. Oh, spoilers. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not a huge horror movie watcher. Okay. I would recommend The Mist. Um, yeah. It that's like positively that that last scene when he opens the door and whatever yeah. is out there in the distance, man, that's some like H.P. Lovecraft uh, uh, monstrous horror happening right there. Yeah, so I'm very curious as to what is going on. I think saying that they're ratcheting it up is a severe understatement <laughs> compared to what we saw. It looks like we saw the Demi Gorgon's mama uh, or something. Yeah, but uh, no, nah, that's very, it, dude. I don't know what it is. That just as soon as as like it looked, it looked really cool, and they paced the the, the trailer such that it, it looks awesome. You get all amped up, and then right at the end, they hit you with the theme. And once I heard the music, I was just like, "Bam, goosebumps!" Yep, yep. let's go, let's do it. Clearly, we see Eleven's coming back. Yeah, and from the brief flash they showed us, looks like to be in original form. Okay. Young girl. We don't know, but we're excited. It's going to be great. So, yeah. And there was an ego stinger in the, in the beginning of it, too. Oh, that was so great. It <laughs> was so great. Just the old 80s ego commercial. That's the kid from Pee-wee's Big Adventure. What? The Lego Magical Kid. Which which kid he, in Pee-wee's Big Adventure? The, he's in the movie later when he gets the bike. Oh, the kid the kid who's the older brother on the Wonder Years. Yes. Okay. Yeah. He's See, a total jerk in Pee-wee's Big Adventure. Yeah, I remember that. He's the, he's the Lego Magical Kid. I will tell you when we're ready. Roll. 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 <laughs> anyway. Yeah, that's cool. So, okay. Stranger that was Things that. is going to be Stranger Things. Works much excites. Um, as you may have noticed, the show is called The Devil's Due, and uh, we've been talking. We've discussed uh, the first season of Netflix's Daredevil show. We are almost going to complete the first season of Luke Cage. Yep. Uh, the conclusion that will come next week. That's correct. Uh, and so, so Carl, wh- what what's coming up on Netflix then? Oh, sir, we got a trailer <laughs> today. Today. I was surprised they didn't do a Super Bowl. Yeah, you think commercial? They, well, it's a TV show. I don't or at know. At least like because. Well, then again, Stranger because, Things got one. So yeah, but like, 
you notice kind of like uh, movie companies are getting smart about ads in the Super Bowl because like they'll give you 30 seconds and say, see the extended trailer uh, yes. at this website. Yes. So, uh, but no, we got a full two and a half minute trailer for Iron Fist. We today. did. And sir, may I just say everybody is Kung Fu fighting. <laughs> <laughs> Were the kicks as fast as lightning? They may have been. Okay. Yeah, it looks cool. It looks great. Um, we get a proper pronunciation of what we know now as Kun Lun. Yeah, I'm sad about we, that. I thought it was Kun Lun, like forever. I thought it was like Kun Lun. Well, either way, we're wrong. But, yep, we're wrong. It's Kun Lun. Okay. Everything um, you know is wrong. <laughs> oh. I thought I knew some stuff. I know. Well. I thought uh, I knew we, my friend Drew would never you know, do me physical harm. I didn't. Along there. The, the bacteria there germs, sir. Look, I just gave them to you. Oh, I see. You're being generous. Exactly. With your suffering. Hey, man. Talk about Iron Fist. Okay, sure. Uh, so not Chris Pratt as Danny Rand? Yeah. Um, I know him from Game of Thrones, and he was good on Game of Thrones. So Okay. I don't know him at all. I trust that he's a good actor. Yeah. When has Marvel gone wrong with the cast? This is, this is true. When, it, when have they ever cast someone that you're like oh that was a miss yep nope they, they do very well with the casting uh we got some action kung fu action in the trailer we got uh claire claire's in it i'm okay with this uh there's the glue that holds the netflix marvel together yes this, this that's that's good we got some madam gao i was gonna bring up the madam gao connection because as we theorize and we yeah. were watching daredevil like huh where's she from I wonder. Well, Iron Fist. Got some, uh, David, some answers. David Wenham from uh, previously of Lord of the Rings and a couple other things playing the main villain. Uh, but yeah, I'm excited. Again, no sign of the traditional costume. There was a brief wink wink when he they show uh, Danny in a gi of some kind. Yeah. And it's it's green and yellow. So maybe that'll influence his uh, last episode costume yeah, I'm choice. I'm not expecting to see the costume. <laughs> Until if they do it at all until the last episode, I really hope they do one. I want them to do one as well. And we've discussed previously that for this character, it doesn't need to be like the armor that Daredevil has. It just needs no. to be. You, this is one where you can kind of just take it right off the page of the comic book, not the disco collar, the more current. Yeah, yeah, turtleneck or yeah, yeah, yeah the the Steve Jobs version. Um, I would also hope that. Uh, I don't, the mask is the mask is going to be curious. I'm not sure how they're going to do it, but I will trust that Marvel's figured something out to make it look good in live action. Um, I just hope they do it because otherwise you're going to have the defenders running into action, and it's going to be Matt is the only one who showed up dressed for the party. Yeah, so and it's going to look kind of yeah. No, I get what you're saying. So um oh also, bring it on really quick. Yeah, we're super excited for Iron Fist. Uh, we will definitely do an Iron Fist breakdown at some point, possibly depending on the release of Defenders, because after Luke Cage 2, we're going right into Daredevil Season 2. Um, after that, it all depends on what the release of Defenders is. Yep, yep. And not to worry, though, we will give you probably some snap judgments of, uh, of oh, yeah, Iron we're gonna, Fist we're gonna as do, we watch it. So. I'm guessing we're probably going to get together in my place for... Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll do a little viewing it's party. on William's birthday. I well, sent well. I sent Julie my wife a text day. I was like, "Hey, Marvel gave William a birthday present, Iron Fist." We're probably gonna have some people over for that. By the way, you should have an Iron Fist cake. 
Yeah, just, see? A, just a fist. <laughs> Glowing yellow. All right. All right. So, um, also, real quick, because I know you're a fan of it, too. Samurai Jack trailer dropped today. I'm a fan of it. You, yeah, I thought you liked Samurai Jack. I know of it. I don't. Oh, sir. You were misinformed, man. I'm you, sorry. Am, I might be thinking of Alan then. Yes, you are. He, he likes Samurai Jack. You need to watch you some Samurai Jack. I, oh, hey, speaking hey, of which. I did watch something on your recommendation this you week. You did. I watched the opening, the first episode of uh, the season one of Voltron. Just the first episode? Yes. I didn't get to anything else yet. Um, I think you might have oversold it on me. I was expecting I it's a just little. It's first episode. Dude. Okay. Give it... Okay. No, no. It was good. It, well done. Great animation. Uh well paced and whatnot. You cool don't like origin. Comic relief. I did not care for the comic. I wasn't expecting one it. character in particular. Because don't, um, don't be bagging on my, my man Hunk. No, Hunk's he's... cool, but I could do okay. Hunk's okay. Could have did without uh, mustache guy when they get to the castle. He's rather annoying. Yeah. Um, and uh, there was they 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 dude come on man they slid they slid a fart joke in there in the one part. I was like what? Come on with well, this. They're, they're younger. Younger kids. Yeah, I guess. I Trust could, me. could have give, done without that. Give the rest of the season. Okay. I but guess. it was it was okay. I, I did enjoy it, but I, did, it, it, I think I just built it up based on your recommendation. Pretty high, and then I was like, oh, it's not quite what I imagined it was. So that's oh, on me. I'll I'm keep, sorry, I'll, your disappointment that something someone else created didn't leave up to your requirements of what it should be. Yeah. I, it's almost as if I have tastes <laughs> and, 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 and Stop. you know. Stop. Stop. It's a good show. You'll like it. I'm not saying it's not. They haven't even formed Voltron yet. They did form Voltron at the end of the episode. Did they? Yes. Oh, it took them a couple episodes. No, they formed yeah. it in the first episode. It was two hours long. I didn't know it was going to be that long. Oh, that's right. Yeah. The first. I f- <laughs> I'm watching wow, it. I, I got over the 30 minute mark. I'm like, damn, this thing's still going. <laughs> yeah. The first first episode's like a movie. Yeah. Length. Okay. Yeah. But no, you're, you'll like it. Okay. That's good. I'll keep trucking. I will keep now, on now trucking. Bite-sized, 22-minute, 25-minute Good. That episodes. I can handle. That I can handle. Yeah. Easily. All right. Cool. So, that about does it for the news. That's 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 it. Normally, that's at this point, is where we... I do have an addendum. Sorry. You do, you do have an addendum. I have an addendum. I uh, just found out uh, today, before we started recording. Uh, rest in peace to Mr. Richard Hatch, who played Apollo on Battlestar Galactica, the OG... Oh, Battlestar Galactica. Of the dude from Survivor. No. <laughs> I was like, this is a weird thing for you to be making an addendum on, No. Sir. Uh, yeah. Okay. He, OG Apollo also played, um, uh, I can't remember the character's name, but he was also on the, the, the rebooted Battlestar Galactica. Uh, he had a different role where he was kind of a foil to uh, the president. And uh, big bucket of win, man. Yeah, Battle- it's not. It, I was never... Battlestar Galactica was not, nothing I ever really considered. I was back in the day. I was more Buck Rogers. That's than fair, but uh, Battlestar Galactica. The reboot man is um, until it goes off the rails. It's a good show. That's that's another okay. discussion. <laughs> it's 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 on my list of shows that I I was really into until a certain point, and then the show just spirals into oblivion. Yeah, I have shows like that. A couple of them. Yeah. that's on there. I'm. My science fiction is currently being uh, sated by rewatch of Deep Space Nine. Ooh, okay. I'm on the, the last season. Okay. Well. Still my all-time favorite Star Trek series. Fair enough. Rest in peace, uh, Richard Hatch. 
So. Indeed. So, okay, normally this is where we would rustle some papers and dig into our notes on a current episode of whether it be Daredevil or Luke Cage or whatever we're discussing. But as we mentioned before, we have a great guest for you on the show today. Uh, we have Ron Garney, who is the current artist on Daredevil, the Daredevil comic book. And we got a really great, he's very generous with his time, and we got a really great discussion with him. So without further ado, here is our interview with Mr. Ladies and gentlemen, we have with us, we're really excited about this, we have with us the artist who is currently doing Daredevil, the namesake of the show, The Devil's Due, Mr. Ron Garney. Sir, welcome to The Devil's Due. Thank you for having me, gentlemen. It's a pleasure (laughs) to be here. It's our pleasure to have you. We're very excited about this. Uh, we've had some guests on the show in the past, but and we love the guests we've had on the past, but you're kind of like our first legitimate, you know, you've got your finger in the world that we discuss on a weekly basis. So we're kind of excited here. Wow, this is, whenever I hear I'm the first of anything, it gets kind of exciting in some ways, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, no pressure, no pressure. Yeah, no, no. So how you doing, sir? I'm doing all right. Doing pretty good. Just Excellent. came from my son's basketball practice. Awesome. Uh, so just uh, a little tired today. Had a long day. Did a lot of stuff today. <clears throat> cool, cool. But I'm good. All right. Um, you know, we're just going to kind of keep it loose and informal here. Uh, we we got some things we're curious about. Uh, Drew's got some queries that he is uh, – He's jotted down. Please pardon my voice. I am currently recovering from a cold that Drew gave to me. Sorry, man. Yeah, thanks for that. I have, I Appreciate. Have a question: it. Why am I looking up Luigi on here? <laughs> yeah, uh, I'm, I'm something of a Nintendo file. So uh, me and Luigi are are kindred spirits. Okay, my son was a huge Mario guy for a while. He still is. <clears throat> he likes to play all the Wii Wii U stuff with them. As as Carl will tell you, uh, I'm at I am at full uh, full hype level for the the Switch uh, next month. So, what's what's the Switch? Oh, uh, it's the it's the new Nintendo console. Oh boy! Oh, yeah, uh, yep, <laughs> yep. Peel you off of it. We're we're just giving you a heads up for what your son's going to be asking for soon. <laughs> All right. Yeah. So uh, I guess let's just in the beginning. Um, what drew you to art? When did you realize you could draw? And uh, how did you get into comics? Um, I was drawing hieroglyphics inside my mother's womb. <laughs> <laughs> uh, actually, um, I, I started drawing very young. Um, I was around... I have pictures of Batman and Superman that I was doing when I was around three. Um, but they look like, you know, balloons with capes. With backwards S's on them and, you know, little horns and things. So I've been drawn since I was young. Um, And I was always, uh, you know, when I was growing up back where I, in the area I grew up in, there really weren't any other artists. Now there's, everybody wants to be a, a, you know, a comic artist, it seems like. But, um, you know, I was was always the one artist in the class that, you know, um, showed interest in it and had some talent. So, uh so since I was young, yeah. And when did you actually uh, first get published? My first published work was with Marvel. Hmm. Uh, 
G.I. Joe 110. I was going to ask about that because I'm also something of a Joe fan. Drew so. is a huge <laughs> G.I. Joe. Joe and Luigi. <laughs> Amongst other things. but <laughs> Very cool. So you have worked yeah, with... Yeah, uh, so G.I. Joe was the first. I, you know, I, um, uh, I actually got a few offers on my answering machine when I first got went into Marvel. Um, it's kind of a long story, but... Um, by the time I got home, I had offered to do Moon Knight and G.I. Joe both in the same day. So I t- took the G.I. Joe first and then did Moon Knight as a regular stint right after. I guess uh, following up the G.I. Joe point, uh, did you have uh, any frame of reference for uh, the characters and what they looked like, or did they send you toys? Yeah, I had to uh, I had to be <laughs> pretty accurate because they had a you know, some kind of licensing deal with, uh, what was it at the time? Hasbro Hasbro, or something. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, so I had to get everything right, right down to the nuts and bolts of each vehicle. And that was a, I'll tell you from never having drawn a comic book before, like a full comic to get published, you know, to go right into that was a real, uh, they threw me right into the pit. So, (laughs) and then I had to meet all the deadlines and I pulled a few all nighters and, uh, it was, I was, you know, I was wondering if I wanted to do that for a career at, at that point, you know, when I was doing the all-nighters. Because I went from being a bartender and a nightclub manager, you know, and having this all this nightlife, you know, and, you know, the days free, never had to worry about deadlines and things, to that. So it was a, a complete shift in my in my lifestyle, you know. Yeah, what is the – I've always been curious to kind of the decision point when, how you come to it when you decide from you kind of turn from being okay this is something i enjoy doing to this is something i want to make a career out of doing and you dedicate yourself to that to that task yeah i mean it's a it's you know you have to find the spot where you're happy in it because if you you know if you overwork yourself you start to resent it and i went through a a period there where i really um, you know, I was cooped up so much just making deadlines. You know, I, I really worked hard to, to get a good career going. This is way back um, in the mid to late 90s. And, um, you know, I've been doing this since 89. And around the mid to late 90s, you know, I've been through some, you know, so a lot of political stuff, even with Marvel and Captain America and all these things. And uh, so at one point I started getting really burnt out and, and uh, dis- disenchanted by it all. Um, because I was working so much, I had no life really. Um, you know, it was me and my dog living out in the country and I started walking around the house with Kleenex boxes on my feet, like Howard Hughes, you know, know, didn't cut my toenails for months. Oh God. But, um, just kidding. Um, so it was, you know, it was, it was tough being cooped up so much and I, you know, and I, I I knew at one point I, I had to make a decision whether I wanted to even keep doing it because I was really getting, um, you know, sort of down on it, but you know, things changed and I uh, came back around and I, I found it, found a space with it where it was more comfortable. And I ended up getting married and having a family and that, that changed a lot of it because before I was cooped up with no social life, living out in the country, you know, and just really dedicated to, you know, being, you know, a, a good trying to find the balance between being a good artist and yet being dependable. Um, and it wasn't always, you know, the best of both worlds. So, um, you know, so, so after, once I got a family and, you know, I got my priorities in order, uh, 
um, things change for the better. <clears throat> cool. Um, so we, well, <laughs> I can see you guys are just floored by all. No, this. it's no, not, it's, it's super interesting. interesting. <laughs> How? Because I'm, I'm also a musician, so I'm also like an artist as well. Oh, in, so in a, in a, and uh, you know, it. I don't. Unfortunately, I, I don't get paid to do it, but it is a passion of mine. And I have this. I have a similar sort of like, how much of myself do I put into that versus how much of myself do I put into working and being, you know, like you said, dependable. And Husband. where does where is the line? You yeah. know. Yeah, yeah. Music. I'm a musician as well, and I had a band. Actually, it's funny because I did take some time off back in around uh, let's say 2000, 2001. And uh, I had a band, and I, I really wanted to. We recorded a couple CDs, and that was really my first first love. You know, was writing songs and things like that. You know, so I had taken some time off, and my band was playing all over Connecticut, and um, you know, um, that was what I kind of was hoping. I mean, it's such a long shot, especially at my age, even at that time. I mean, I was thirty eight at the time. Um, but you know, it's it's something I love doing, and you know, love doing then, still love doing now. What uh, dare I ask? What kind of band? What uh, style of uh, music? Well, I you know, we did a lot of covers, but we did a lot of the originals too. And you know, we did things like um, Stone Temple Pilots, Beatles, Wallflowers, oh, okay. uh, Green Day, you know, all kinds of stuff. Um, and what so, uh, what do you play? I play guitar. Really. All right. Can play lead too, but I, I I can play drums and bass as well. I play piano, um, you know. But in the band, I played the guitar and I did backup vocals. Cool. But I wrote all the original songs too for the for the and, you know. And I I worked with the engineer myself to produce the the CDs. Yeah, I'm uh, my band. I play guitar and sing, and uh, we also you know engineer everything ourselves. And we have two albums and an EP out, and you know. Sweet. Sweet man, I gotta hear it. It's uh, well, <coughs> not, not that I'm uh, above. I'm, not, I'm definitely not above uh, whoring my wares. So if you have a, a spare moment, uh, the band is called <laughs> the band is called I the Long. That about. <laughs> We're there called was something the very whorish. Oh dear! Oh dear! <laughs> it's uh, we're called the Long Cold Dark, and we're a, a heavy metal band. So don't be afraid. <laughs> so That's cool. I feel like I've heard that before. Wow! All right. I'm I'm curious. Because, again, we're just going to be jumping around a lot here. Your current style on Daredevil uh, has a very noir feel to it. Uh, was that sure. a, a conscious choice for this particular character? Or was that something that you felt you wanted to explore in your style, regardless of what your next project was? Um, well, both, really. I, I had been experiment. I experimented with that style many, many years ago. Uh, you can see spots where I was playing with it, uh, like in Ghost Rider. Um, and, but I wasn't committed to really full on. I was just, uh, you know, I'd see something that I liked that someone else had done, maybe Miller or something. And I would say, oh, that looks pretty cool. Let me play around with that for this panel, something like that, you know. So, I mean, the the interest in doing it was was there as far back as that but i my creator owned i went full on with it um the the creator owned was called men of wrath i did with J- jason aaron yeah i wanted to well, i wanted to get into a little bit of that too um sure. so yeah so that's where it really began and then uh, after men of wrath um i called marvel up you know i was done with the creator owned and uh, they offered me <clears throat> they offered me daredevil and so it was just sort of serendipitous really i mean i um 
you know, just sort of flowed from the men of wrath into that. You know, a lot of people have said, oh, he's trying to do Miller and Scott (laughs) McDaniel. And I really wasn't. I just happened to be playing with that style on men of wrath and really being committed to it and doing the inks. And I was having so much fun with it. And it just ended up working out with Daredevil, strangely enough. So now prior to uh, doing Daredevil, did you have an affinity for the character? Was it kind of like, you know, something you wanted to do? I know you had previous experience on it. Did you not? You know, it's funny. Yeah, I did a couple issues, but it's funny because about a year earlier, I did a local television, uh, you know, cable access show interview. And I said on the on that show, the, the guy asked me, uh, oh, it's actually a friend of mine, this guy Bill, asked me, um, what I, you know, what was I going to do? And I said, well, you know, I'd like to sink my hooks into another single character instead of a team book. I said, I'd really like to, to do Daredevil someday. And um, as a regular book. And, uh, you know, that was a year earlier. And I had no idea, you know, that it would be open for me when it was. But it was just just happened to work out perfectly. So good for me. Awesome. <laughs> yeah. Now, definitely something where we talked about discussing with you, something that we're interested in is the the concept of icons is very prevalent in comics, especially mainstream comics today. And with your run on daredevil, there have been some modifications to his costume. Um, we're just kind of curious. Was that whose decision was that? Was that mandated? And if like whoever's decision was like, how do you approach like reinventing something that's so iconic as daredevil suit? Uh, for me, you know, anytime I start on a character, you know, I'm always successful when I, if I feel it right away. Daredevil is one of those characters I, I, you know, I can get flashes of imagery in my head right off the bat. Captain America was one of those, um, you know. All this, I, I do really well, I think, with single characters. I'm not a team book guy for that reason because I tend to adjust my style depending on who I'm drawing. Um, and with Daredevil, you know, it was just phone calls with Axel, and uh, I think the editor at the time was Santa Amanat. And, um, you know, they're just explaining to me that they, you know, starting over at number one, they wanted to get back to the Hell's Kitchen, but more of a China, but in Chinatown, but more of the, because, you know, the Wade Sammy thing. Yeah, right. You know, it was so a little bit fluffy and, you know, a little it's bit much more lighthearted than yeah. Matt's used to. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and it, although it got a lot of praise, it was also something that, you know, it was very polarized in some ways on, on that book. Um, so they wanted to get back to, to that feeling, you know, and, um, yeah, I mean, I was I was all for it, and I, I could just see, you know, once they started about talking about redesigning the character and redesign coming up with this character blind spot, you know. So I just started sketching, and and one thing led to another, and through a process of elimination and you know adjusting things on the costume, that's what we ended up coming up with. So, <clears throat> so basically, uh, you you had several designs and kind of refined it down to what it became. Exactly. Cool. You know? And you know, I think. Uh, I think Casada. I would send the designs in. Casada would make a couple suggestions or thoughts about it, and so I would, you know, would try to apply those and just keep adjusting it. it was, you know, it's like a sculpture; you keep carving away the clay until you get what you want. Sure, sure. So, so is there any chance that uh, we'll we'll get to see the red suit again? Uh, yeah, 
actually, I just finished drawing issue 17. He's in the red suit in that. All right. And we saw um, we're, we're enjoying the current run. We, de- we definitely are. We saw there was a recent uh, CBR interview with uh, Mr. Soleil about what's coming up in the series because we've been constantly asking, like. Is that how you pronounce it? I always thought it was Sewell. Is since, it, since you actually we're gonna, speak we're gonna with trust guy, you yeah we're gonna go with you um charles Soule. <laughs> it looked like it was zule um, an interview with charles Soule. <laughs> twirling the villain mustache from the classic yeah. movie while the woman is tied to the train tracks that's how we roll yeah. here um yeah. we like he did an interview with cbr and said that like a lot of the quote-unquote answers are going to be coming soon and that's like a lot of things that we've been asking about like okay you know how did matt get the genie proverbial genie back into the bottle with his identity and we're kind (laughs) of nervous here me being a huge spider-man fan i was like if if mephisto shows up in this it's gonna hurt but um i mean obviously obviously we know you can't give us spoilers um but kind of what's coming down the pike for our boy matt i i can't swore <laughs> <laughs> to see what do you want me to say I, t- I took a swing at it i figured you know. <laughs> yeah what am i supposed to do but no we're still we're dude we know you can't tell us anything but we're still enjoying the current run and um i really I think, enjoy dude, i will say that i think mr soule teaches <laughs> mr soule <laughs> likes to tease the reader he's te- he teases you guys a bit yeah um as far as the as the mephisto thing but i'm not going to say more than that oh man <laughs> all right all right it's not it's nothing huge but there's a little a wink something that i think is you know a little reminiscent of that in there so i won't say anymore okay <laughs> well keep in mind that this did uh, this whole run did start after a whole marvel universe uh uh collapse and rebuilding so i guess all all bets are off sure um i actually have a question about uh your work with jason aaron um so it seems like uh you guys have worked together quite a bit in the last little while yeah um i guess a couple years now but yeah um he's one of my favorite writers i'm guess so i'm guess i'm wondering what's it like to work with him and is there is there a particular reason why you enjoy working with him um What's it like working with him? Well, honestly, Jason is a very, 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 very soft-spoken guy. He doesn't <laughs> talk much. <laughs> um, he's a good guy. Just you know, he's just very soft-spoken, and you know. Um, but I, you know, sometimes there's just uh, you know, certain people have a certain way of clicking, you know. And I, uh, the first thing we ever did together was a series called get mystique with Wolverine chasing mystique, you know, and it was a jumping back and forth between now and and the period piece and set in the twenties. And, um, and I loved it so much because I love drawing period things, you know, because there's nothing more, more fun for me than to be able to reference the cars at the time or the, the the outfits, you know, the, the flapper outfits or the, (laughs) you know, the suits guys wore, you know, because it really, adds a serious legitimacy to the visuals and to for the escapism. Um, sometimes it's it's much harder to do current stories um, for that reason as far as the costuming and the, 
even the acting and the um, scene, the sets and things like that. You know, <laughs> people don't realize we, you know, the artist is responsible for all those things, just like in a movie. Um, but sometimes it's it's more fun to do those period pieces because they have such identifiable characteristics of you know the twenties and the fifties and the you know or the sixties. They all have this look to them. I guess That's fun. Yeah. draw. Or to draw something right now would be kind of like, uh, I'd have to look for it because everything is sort of in hindsight. You know what I sure. mean? Like you get you get to play with iconography, basically. Yeah. Yeah. So um, so anyway, Jason, and it was also, there was a lot of Western, spaghetti Western elements in it, uh, in that that run. I and remember I that run. It was Clint Eastwood movies. I'm a big Clint, East, Clint Eastwood fan. Um, so... Hi, my wife just came in. <laughs> hi, Mrs. Garney. <laughs> she just said hi. Um, so, oh, she came in naked. Oh, sorry. <laughs> Family show, man. Scandalous. <laughs> yes. No, I remember Scandal that. Wol- the Garney residence. <laughs> I remember that Wolverine one. It was a, it was a really interesting run because the, like they had their their own little gang of. Of of it was like a little street crime gang, they right. like you know it's a yeah 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 and they were mutants weren't they they were they were also mutants yeah, as well they, and, some, yeah and Mystique was sort of their their leader um, kind of thing and um, they went to rob a bank and everything and um, but it was I, I love doing it you know and when I read the story it was something so fresh and different that I had not worked on before. And so, knowing Jason was a fan of the spaghetti western kind of thing, and I, you know, because I was, it just clicked, and then we just kept doing stuff after that. And I think it did; it, it was received so well. I think Marvel wanted to keep putting us together. Oh, and then so who approached who? I guess with uh, the Men of Wrath uh, idea. Jason approached me with it. Cool. That yeah, was a fun uh, idea. It was yeah, a fun series. Yeah, yeah we we. We optioned it. I don't know if I can say that yet, but we optioned it, and it's being made. You know, the first television pilot has been written, and you know, it's a slow process. But um, that's pretty awesome. That is awesome. I actually, Robert De Niro made us an offer on it. Actually, wow, for a, for a for a movie, but um, you know, they're they're his people, his agents, and stuff. Kind of lowballed the offer, and we we were talking with. Uh, this other guy, um, I forgot his name off the top of my head, but he did the girl with the tra- dragon tattoo, the European version. And uh, he made us an offer and thought it would be a great television show. And um, But that didn't work out for a variety of reasons. Then we got another offer to do it t- as a television show. Um, so we we finally signed the deal last year, and uh, it's being... You know, it's, it's slow going, but it's in the process of being made, made now. Um, speaking of that, the musician thing... Through it, uh, I I went and recorded a song in the studio that I'm hoping to get put on the show. So I'm that's crushing. awesome. That's great. Yeah, it'd be cool. Uh, does Does it have a home yet, or is it still in the in the in the works? The, uh, the show? It's still in the works. It's still in the works. We're getting a director and a and some actors. That's the next step because we have the first pilot written, and then uh, then it's a matter of we're thinking maybe HBO or FX or maybe oh, even that. Super cool. That would uh, that that. Book I know HBO. that Southern, Southern Bastards got on FX, so oh. I'm hoping, 
I didn't know that. Wow. Didn't know I, that. I think so, yeah. That's, well, that's awesome, too. I'm a big, I'm a big fan of that book Look as well. Mr. So. Garney being generous with exclusives here on The Devil's Deed. <laughs> Am I? I didn't realize. Uh, no, the, the Southern Bastards thing was announced last year. Oh. You read Southern Bastards. <laughs> I sure do. I love it. Great book. The um, I actually, it's a funny story. I actually just gave the Men of Wrath trade to my mother's husband for Christmas. It's a little raw, depending on who you give it to. Sure. Well, yeah, because he um, he's kind of that type of dude, and uh-huh. he was my wife and I um, just had our firstborn. He's coming up on his his one year birthday. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you very much. Um, and when my advice to you is stop while you're ahead. Oh, we, oh we're one and done. We're so one I've and done. I've got four kids. And it, I, yeah, we, uh, we, were, I, we were one and done before the delivery, and she, <laughs> she had a pretty rough delivery, and we're just like, we're so one and done after this. But when we had brought him home, He's um, yes. my, uh, my mother and, and uh, wife were kind of, you know, puttering around with him and doing different stuff. And uh, my mother's husband happened to pick up a trade of the Punisher Max series that I had. Uh-huh. And he started flipping through that. He's like, hey, this is kind of good. I'm like, you take it home and read it if you want. And he read it. And he's like, I think I would like stuff along this line. Who was drawing that? Was that? Uh, uh, was- there was a few. There was uh, Leandro Fernandez did a bunch. Uh, Garam Parlov. It was the first, that right. the first arc. Luis La Rosa. There's a lot. I, yeah, there's a lot of guys doing it now that I don't know. I'm not familiar with because I don't really even get to read a lot of this stuff anymore and there's so many so much new talent always coming in so you have to forgive me if i don't know what you're talking about <laughs> no that's that's fine but yeah he uh he read <laughs> it never listen i just yeah he uh he read it in a sitting and he loved it so i'm sure he'll be thrilled to know there's a television series hopefully coming soon um, oh, he read Mad Rat? Yeah, Punisher Max. He, he read, he took home Punisher Max and he enjoyed that. And then for Christmas, um, I gave him Men of Wrath and he crushed in one sitting and he loved it. Oh, good, 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 good. Glad I, he liked it. I have a, I mean, I guess a, if, if you don't mind uh, getting into some nitty gritty, uh, like why and like how, do, how did you guys decide to have marvel published that versus say like you know image or or another publisher that's more known for creative work or creator owned work uh well we we bandied it around a little bit but we were both with marvel you know i mean both doing things i was, I was under contract with marvel and it just seemed to make the most sense for an expediency and um you know and it was a good good contract you know so um but we we toyed with the idea of bringing it elsewhere, but you know, it just seemed to make sense just to keep it right there. So, cool. Well, <clears throat> Marvel was willing to do it, so no. great. Yeah, and I know they had, they hadn't done anything for a bit with uh, the icon stuff. So, will there be a follow up to Menorath or? Yeah, yeah, we talked about it. I don't know when, but we have an idea. Okay. For what awesome. the next one will. Very good. So um, I'm I'm kind of curious because obviously you've you've had some time in the business and you've done a lot of work, um, a lot. Uh, <laughs> yeah, thirty years, almost thirty years of it. 
what we find we discuss a lot on the show through like news items or what gets announced and whatnot is kind of like the current state of mainstream comics between like Marvel and DC. <laughs> um, and like okay. we're we're both. I'm 39. Drew is younger, younger. <laughs> um, but we're we both come from that 80s 90s era more or less. So there's a lot of things right. that that we see as possible opportunities for Marvel and or DC and that they never really kind of jump on. What What like, is your, from someone who's kind of like inside and you see how the sausage is made, what is your kind of take on the state of modern? Well, let's comics? back up a second. What opportunities do you think they missed? Um, we, we think a lot of times that they miss out on uh, some, to maintain some continuity uh, a lot of we we kind of notice that Marvel tends to be a little relaunch happy. <laughs> yeah, a uh, lot of <laughs> lot of number ones. Well, that's funny because I've done so many number ones it makes my head spin sometimes. Let's see, I did Hulk number one, Cap number one, X Force number one, Daredevil number one, Night Stalkers number one. Uh, I'm sure there's another number one in there somewhere. <laughs> But yeah, I've done a lot of those. <laughs> I mean, granted, we'll be the first ones to admit that a lot of our our points are kind of age perspective. Dang, kids get off our lawn, what have you. But again, you being kind of on the inside, we're just kind of curious to what your perspective on. Well, just- you'd be surprised how little I'm actually on the inside. I mean, I'm, you know, I work at home and I'm, you know, I have a whole life aside from Marvel. And I honestly, it's not like the old days like you're talking about and you know back in the 90s uh you know the artists were included a lot more in the you know in the upcoming year you know you know the the development of the upcoming years projects and things like that and now it's mostly just the writers and editors you know and they just keep the artists you know sort of home working you know and it's i kind of miss those old days you know we don't we used to get invited to the retreats and stuff and we don't get invited to those anymore Hmm. Uh, which you know i i believe me i'm kind of in the same shoes you guys are in or some 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 in some ways it's better you know um it's a lot more organized at marvel in some ways than it was in the early 90s but um a little more professional um but uh yeah there's certain other things that I think were, you know, I kind of miss. But as far as the what's coming up in the books and where they're handling the books, I I have my own opinions, you know, about uh, certain things, you know, um, especially in everything is political nowadays. And, um, and yeah. don't say anything that's going to get you into trouble, right? Yeah, no, I, you know, I, I'm not mentioning names or anything or, or anything like that, but I just feel like um, some of the that's uh, what I'm looking for. Some of just the adventure and the um, uh, the fantasy of it's gotten lost in everybody making political statements, which kind of annoys me. But I, you know, I, I, the side of it I stay out of. You know, when I did Daredevil, I basically told them I would do Daredevil, but I didn't want it to become a book that was about making political statements because I have no interest in that because it's too charged. And there's too many differing opinions, and you know everybody's trying to push their particular agenda through, and I don't believe in that. You know, and this is escapism for me, and you know if I'm going to work in it, I want it to remain that. So um, 
That's it. Yeah, like if you were doing cap, it would be more, you know, expected to make a political statement. Well, sometimes. I mean, you know, obviously it doesn't matter. I mean, you know, obviously there was always statements being made throughout in comic books. I mean, it's not like I'm, you know, it was like the it was ever ever a time where there wasn't statements being made. But now it's just that's all it seems to be in a lot of cases. Um, and I, I have no problem with it being to a certain degree, but when it just becomes, you know, so blatant, then I, I'm like, eh, you know, I kind of just, I kind of just, you know, don't pay attention to it. Um, so that's just where that's just my personal feeling on it, you know. How long do you uh, plan on staying on Daredevil? Um, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> All right. No idea. You guys got awful quiet when I talked about the the Marvel thing. What's go? What do you guys think? Um, I feel like I'm not as engaged with the product as I was even. Why do you three think to that- five years ago? Maybe and maybe and I think honestly, some of it might be some of it might be some of the political stuff you, you're talking about. It does feel a little, I don't know, driven for headlines more than more than. It should, I guess. But more than that, though, I think... Uh, Don't you guys sort of miss it when it was just... When it was a little more simple, simpler times, I guess. I, I, I mean, I'm all, I'm a big fan of just really good creators giving really good content. And I guess a lot of my favorite creators have kind of... Right. And I guess it doesn't on. matter as long as it's good, as the story's good. You know, I think, to be honest, I think Civil War, that was probably a huge political statement, but I really liked it. I thought it was, a uh, you know... The first one or the second one? The first one. The one I worked worked on with Spider-Man. I I, I mean, I enjoyed some of that. Um, So, well, you guys didn't like it? No, I I loved Civil War. I think it was the right book for the right time, considering it was still like the wounds of 9-11 were still relatively fresh. And we were, as a country, we were transforming from what we were to kind of what we are now. Um, well, it's interesting, you know, because the whole the whole thrust of Civil War, these two very divided groups of heroes based on their points of view or, you know, how the, the country should, should run. And isn't it funny how art imitated life? Look how divided everything is now. I mean, it's just, it's, I've never seen anything like it in my lifetime. Yeah. It's so just, it's interesting how it was prophetic, you know, but it, it, maybe it wasn't so prophetic as it was just going down this road after 9-11 anyway. Yeah. I think, I think one thing, at least for me personally, that kind of goes along line with what Drew was talking about is also like so many big events and they're just not. <laughs> At least in my opinion, they're not right. necessary. Like we just right. finished Civil War Two, which was less than a year removed from Secret Wars. Right, and it's no longer an event if it's you know it's every year. So yeah, I, you know, and, and it's and it feels like a big reset button almost all the time. And I don't know, I just I'm not quite as uh, impressed with the lineup as I was. So yeah, now yeah. now the characters it used to be like back in the days where he had like Secret War and there was how many years between Secret War and like Infinity Gauntlet. The characters had a chance to grow into themselves and develop their own world within the Marvel universe. Now it just feels a lot of times like it's okay, here's the event. 
half the year is divided up into recovering from the past event, and then the next half of the year is leading up to the next big event. Right. Yeah. The characters don't get as much a chance to grow anymore, which is why I think I'm really enjoying your Daredevil run because Daredevil. Yeah, a lot of times he seems very removed from a lot of what's going on in the Marvel universe. Well, that's kind of why, you know, it kind of points back to what I was saying when I I had mentioned to them I didn't want to be involved in all that other stuff. I just wanted to do a character, and and that's, honestly, that's what I'm enjoying about it. He's kind of got his own thing going. I think the last arc we did with this, it's about developing new material, you know? We came up with this character called Muse, you know? Yeah, yeah. Charles really had, you know, I think it was a brilliant you know, uh, story. Um, as far as it was, it was like, for me, it was like the closest thing I'll get to directing a movie like seven, you know? Um, and so that's what that's to me is what the fun is. It's like, you know, creating these new things we've not seen before and not trying to shoehorn it into, you know, some whole other, other thing, you know? Um, I think that let the story make its own point. Don't be, don't be, god pulling the strings on all the characters you have to let the characters sort of develop and create new ones and there has to be something organic about the narrative i feel like it's kind of gotten lost in a lot of ways but you know hey you know somebody listening to this might be like oh that garney's so full of shit who's he think he is but you know it's just my opinion so no i I, like we agree i mean I, i'm i'm the same of the same mind i like i like books that live and breathe and can kind of be on their own and if they cross over into other stuff sometimes cool but I, I like it better when they're just kind of on their own telling their stories yeah, so much you know and it's I, I i get that you know you run out of things to say you know these writers like peter david was on the hulk for 12 years you know and then i came on it right after him and burn came on and it's such a complete departure so it's it's tough to to keep that character um, how do I put this? Just it's just you know it changes the character so much that it's you know no it's almost it no longer becomes a breathing thing. It just becomes you killed one off and it might as well be another one. You know another guy with the same name, but um, but it's tough because you you know you run into a lot of the stories have been told you know over and over and they get rehashed and you know it's it's because of the volume of comic books it's tough to come up with new material well i'll say that uh as a longtime reader of daredevil uh you guys are doing a good job of keeping it fresh and Thanks. and and fresh but familiar you know for the character that we know sure yeah so when I, artistically speaking i mean i you know i felt like <clears throat> i wanted to approach it as if the reader was sort of looking at it through daredevil's eyes visually like the world around the reader is like what daredevil sort of kind of sees you know so i chose a you know chose that you know i really pushed that black and white but what especially with the color you know matt miller who i've been working with i've worked with him as far back as spider-man you know and worked with him real closely on this and i was sending him all kinds of noir photos with splashes of reds and splashes of different colors you know to create something really different and uh he you know he you know you know he did a great job and you know we worked real closely and we you know very happy with the result and people seem to really respond to it you know because it's something that 
you know, people hadn't really seen before, you know, something different. So it didn't look like anything else so much. And I had to fight to do that. You know, I had to fight with Marvel a little bit to get that. Really? Yeah, they they wanted to to do more of the traditional, you know, superhero Avenger coloring. Oh, I don't know. I didn't want to do that, you know. Yeah, I know that's the color the coloring that you guys are doing is what it's distinct. Yeah, it's, it works. Yeah. It makes it that's that's another thing that we talk about a lot is like a lot of times there's you can't tell and this problem I think is more with DC than it has been with Marvel. But like uh, for a long time, especially during the new 52 run, uh, it was like a DC house style that you could, you couldn't determine the artists of one book from another book. And that's, that's what's great about your current daredevil run is that it looks different. Yeah. Yeah. It was, that was definitely deliberate. You know, I mean, I just wanted to do something and I was kind of, I've always been sort of like that. I always try to go against the grain a little bit, (laughs) just my own sake, you know, because I, I I don't want to get bored or start shoehorned into a, you know, a house look myself. I mean, I, um, I always, whatever character I'm on, I try to bring something different to it. But, um, with the coloring, yeah, it really was effective with the black and white. You know, it took a lot of work to get to it, though. I mean, there was a lot of, if I could show you guys my folder from the very first issue, there's so many re, recolors and corrections. You know, I was working with Matt on and trying to come up with something that that was really different and really worked. And so we, we, we really, I think, um, came up with something that felt, like you said, like... Uh, familiar and yet fresh at the same time so i'm happy with the way it's gone so another thing i'm curious about is one thing i enjoy that you're doing is that you're not dipping into the well as far as villains go you're creating your own villains and they've been pretty entertaining up to this point like 10 fingers and you mentioned news and (laughs) 10 fingers is just a great visual I when think. I first read that or first spoke to Charles about that, I was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> ten fingers. And then he wanted me to draw a gun with ten triggers on it. I'm like, oh, my God. I'm like, <laughs> so I just chose this pistol and put all these triggers on it. And it's funny at the same time, but it's kind of cool, you know. I mean, it's different. So then, was was killing him off in the in the Muse storyline just a way of ensuring you didn't have to draw that ever again? <laughs> well, he definitely doesn't have ten fingers anymore. That's for sure. Um, yeah, maybe I don't know. I I don't think that was the reason, but, but yeah, not for, from my end. Um, the, the drawing the hands, the ten fingers in each hand was was really a task, to be honest. Well, yeah, because it, it's really hard not to make it look completely stupid. Yeah, you yeah. Know? Or goofy looking, you know. He's got all these fingers, and he sewed them on from all these other people, and you know. But it, it ended up working out okay. Um, but I think it really—he was more the um, the appetizer, and then the main course became Muse because it was such a twisted, demented character that made Ten Fingers look really completely mild, you know. So yeah, Muse was. Uh- Muse was pretty wild, man. And in dirt, dirt, Blind Spot, you know, finally, I think what what it did for Blind Spot too. You know, Blind Spot people were like, well, what is this character even going to be? What's the point of it? You know. Then we got to see how, you know, a little bit of a, I don't want to say martyr, but you know, um, how he 
became a real legit you really cared about him when you see what happens to him in the muse arc you know right it's like you know you're kind of wondering you know that's why we focused on there was one issue where muse was chasing blind spot all over these tunnels and you know vice versa and um that was to make you care a little bit more about blind spot for the final for the finale where you see what happens to him and it really legitimized blind spot as a as a hero i think um in his own right and made him really interesting made you really care about it so i think as far as creating a new character and solidifying his place in the marvel universe i think we really accomplished that and charles especially you know really well with that arc so well you've added uh you've added another deep uh, addition to daredevil's already deep uh rogues gallery so well done yeah we hope uh we hope we could definitely see more of muse in the future i love drawing his face oh it's just a, it's such a great visual it's <laughs> it's just it works because it just kind of sends a chill down your spine when you see him and that's uh, when he has the intended effect uh when i was on twitter i put that picture up the black and white of him on, on Christmas Day. I was like, Merry Christmas, everyone. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Slice and cheer. Charles wrote, Jesus, Ron. Because <laughs> <laughs> it's so sick, the look on his face, you know. <clears throat> Santa Claus. It's, you know, if, if there was, what was that Santa Claus movie that was the evil Santa Claus that came out a few years ago? Uh, Krampus? Krampus, that's it. You could <laughs> see that being one of the elves or something. <laughs> That'd be great. One one thing we were talking about was kind of Matt's mindset on taking on a sidekick because he's not traditionally one that works with a sidekick. And one thing that Matt is defined by in a lot of ways is the loss that he's experienced throughout his life. And not just his father, but his you know, numerous other characters that have um, lost their lives as a result of Matt's choice to be Daredevil. So my take on it was that like this was kind of Matt's way of atoning for some of that loss that he feels responsible for. Drew's take was kind of he just doesn't want the kid to get killed. Um. Well, what loss are you talking about with Matt? Um, his, his father, Electra, uh, etc. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, right, right, right. But I mean, probably a little bit of both. You know, I mean, I, I definitely think he doesn't want the kid to get killed, but I also think um, it is atonement, and it is a way of um, if he can keep this kid alive, it sort of redeems him. You know what I mean? From those yeah. failures, I guess. Uh, unfortunately, he fails again. Um, it, well, this is Matt we're talking about. So. <laughs> well, it's part, but it, it's a what he does. Again, uh, you know, because because Muse doesn't really know, didn't really know Daredevil was blind. Yeah, you know, so for him to choose that as his as his artistic, you know, um, moment, you know, yeah. as an artist to, to do what he did to Blind Spot was really, I think, I thought, you know, a stroke of genius. You know, and I sort of tied the whole thing up in some sick, gruesome little package. You know. And it, yeah, and it puts Daredevil right back. It brings it, you know, it really, in that moment, stripped away the whole San Francisco bit. You know what I mean? Because right. then it brought it all back again, like this, what Matt Murdock really was, you know, and 
And he's we're all defined by the things that happen to us. And if you take Matt out of that, then you're not the same. Because no matter what, I'm who I am, and I have my experiences in my life, and you guys have yours. And no matter what geographical changes or things you go through, you, know, you, you go through changes, but you're always going to have this angst or these things that define you as individuals and myself as an individual. And so to take that away from Matt so much that, you know, that he's almost unrecognizable in his own book. I mean, I'm not saying he was unrecognizable, but you know what I mean? Um, to, to bring him back full circle to, to that core thing that makes that character what he is, you know, um, I thought was, was brilliant. So it, it seems like I'm not sure how much of this you can talk about. It seems like Daredevil's <laughs> about to get a real big push because they're starting a whole line of books kind of spinning out from Daredevil, Kingpin, Bullseye, and Electra all getting their own books. Um, one can look at this and see that it's just to kind of build on the popularity that's been gained from the Netflix series. Those are all the characters I didn't draw. <laughs> What does that tell you? Uh-oh. Oh, dear. No. Because no. <laughs> it's like, oh, you know, I mean, it. it's interesting because, you know, I. it's funny that those characters are being spun off into their own series again, and, and yet and those are the ones I didn't actually draw. But I did get to draw the new characters, you know, the more, I think, the more defining arcs as far as you know, um, the, the flavor and the tone of the book. Um, but I, you know, I definitely it's funny cause I kind of wanted to draw bullseye, but I didn't get to, <laughs> but you said you, you don't know when you're going to be done yet. So maybe, yeah, down, maybe down the road. I mean, I've got, you know, I've got, I'm finishing up. I have one more issue on this arc I'm working on. And then, you know, I ended up having to put a filling in because of the schedule. Um, and that wasn't my fault. It just is the way the schedule is working out. So, um, so then after that, there's one more arc I may do, and we'll see where it goes from there. We'll see what I'm not exactly sure what's going to happen yet. So, all right. And uh, are you working on any other books, or just strictly Daredevil right now? No, uh, just Daredevil. With <laughs> it's believe me, it's plenty. Okay. You know, yeah. To draw a book every month and pencil and ink it is is a lot. So. Um, and having four kids and a family, yeah, I, had, <laughs> I had to give up my jujitsu school because of it, you know, because I was just killing my, killing my career for a while there because I couldn't do both. So. Hey, raising four kids gets you a black belt and anything. I'm, I'm have yeah, one sure. kid and, and I'm just like, I don't know how people with more than one do this. I'm a black belt and no sleep. <laughs> so is there once, uh, whenever that may be is there a character that you're kind of itching to get your your pencil in uh on with once daredevil comes to an end is there a character Actually, you've always you know, wanted to take a crack at i've gotten no you know i mean i wanted to do daredevil for sure there's nothing to be perfectly frank there's nothing that jumps out at me right now I and mean, there usually is something that jumps out at me like when i was offered ultimate cap i wanted to do that you know that was sounded like fun. Um, you know, cap who's kind of a real bastard was kind of fun to draw. Um, you know, all the books I've done, I've wanted to do, but I uh, late as of late, I've been feeling more and more that I, I, you know, while I'm grateful, I'm getting a little tired of, of drawing other people's stories. You know, I mean, I, 
because there's the difference is, is that um, for me anyway that you know as you're drawing you know there's always something things you're, you're gonna have fun drawing but it's always someone else's sort of take and i can put as much of myself in there in the art and everything else but i kind of want to write and draw my own thing you know so whatever i draw is what i want to draw it's not something that somebody else has you know you know needs somebody else to draw so i'm i'm kind of leaning towards maybe doing something on my own again i don't know we'll see cool <clears throat> we definitely look forward to that because we both love Men of Wrath. So yeah, and yeah, we're, yeah. I don't know. It could be something a complete departure from any of that, though. You know, I just I have some ideas. You know, I have a whole uh, you know galaxy thing. Uh, you know that I've of characters that I've come up with that I, I might want to do. You know, that are more Guardians of the Galaxy flavored that I did years ago that I never um, got around. To. I mean, you know, sketchbook. Spe- sketchbook characters that I came up with and things, and I would love to put them all in a in a universe all their own and make a story out of them. You know, so we'll see. Cool. Awesome. And it'll sell one copy. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think now you're living in, in peak uh, creator own time right now, so I think you'll sell more than one copy. <laughs> I hope so. Well, sir, we can't thank you enough for being extremely generous with your time and giving this uh, little podcast a chance to, to speak to someone who's who's putting putting spokes in the wheels of a character that that we really love and enjoy and we thank you for your work and we really appreciate uh, this opportunity to talk to you well guys it was a pleasure thanks for asking me i mean i really enjoyed it um and uh, good luck with this. This is what is this your this is your maiden? Uh, no, this, this be, is twenty. Uh, this might be something. our thirtieth thirtieth episode. Oh, really? We uh, oh. we started. Like- no, we uh, we started going through uh, the the first season of the Daredevil Netflix show, um, and now we're just about to conclude. We do an uh, one episode breakdown per episode of our show. Just analyzing it, discussing it, um, and then we're we're just about to finish up the first season of Luke Cage before we jump right back right. into Daredevil season two, and then of course we got Iron Fist and Defenders coming later this year. Excellent. You get, did you see um, in the last arc, the Muse arc, the the guy, the cop um, is the boyfriend of the girl who plays karen page on the daredevil series no the girl who's the girl from the girl from true blood uh deborah ann wall right she's on does she play what what's the character she plays again she plays on true blood or on daredevil on daredevil yeah she plays karen right right she plays karen well her boyfriend is in our muse issue as a cop i drew him in as a cop (laughs) and he contacted me so excited yeah and i have to <laughs> i have to give him a page at some point with his face on it but um yeah it's pretty neat you know because it's his girlfriend i have to go back and check that out now cool cool all right sir thank you again we appreciate you appreciate it ladies and Great. gentlemen the Mr. amazing Mr. Ron nailed it nailed it <laughs> thank you so much man all right have a good night you too thank you Bye. All right! Wow, that was a lot of fun. Twas that was that was a, he was very generous with 
It's a very great discussion, and I'm really grateful that he gave us the time. And yeah. uh, hopefully, we can uh, speak again after some of the uh, aforementioned new stuff comes to light. Yes. And perhaps, you know, maybe if he enjoys how he came off on the show, he can put us in contact with Mr. Sule, or apparently his name is pronounced Soul. Sorry. Was I the only one who thought it was pronounced I thought it was Sule, too, man. Okay. As long as I'm not the only one, that's the most important part. No, no. I, I too, was fooled. So, folks, we really appreciate you joining us again here on The Devil's Due. If this is your first time listening to the show, welcome. We appreciate the listen. We hope that uh, we gave you a show that you're interested in continuing to follow the antics of. Um, if you would like to, you can follow us on Twitter at Devil's Due Pod. You can find us at Facebook.com slash Devil's Due Pod. You can go email us at Pod at gmail.com. Or you can find all these resources on our website, thedevilsdopodcast.com. Our show is available on iTunes and Google Play. Yeah, please subscribe and don't forget to leave a rating. It does help us out. And uh, share, if you like what you hear, please share with your friends. Yes, shares on multimedia or social media. I'm so old. Or could could it be that I'm sick? Multimedia? Maybe it's it's that I'm sick. Can they put it on the information superhighway? Maybe it's that I'm sick. Maybe. I don't know. Although, can't deny my voice. Sexy when I'm you got some baritone going on right now. Well, yeah. in my professional, uh, my non-professional medical opinion, have a drink. Might help you out. That's, that's what kind of got me in this. Aside from you making me sick, that's what kind of flamed the... F- we had this discussion earlier in the show. Don't drink when you're sick. Hey, man. What do I know? Yeah. What do you know? You know, getting your friend sick. Although, can, I know I know we're a Daredevil show, but since I have the voice, I can't help myself. I am vengeance. I am the knight. I am Batman. Yeah. It's like I said, I had the voice. I had to try it out. Do you feel better now? A little bit. Okay. It's all that matters. Yeah, it's all that matters. All right, folks, thank you for joining us. Court is adjourned.